This episode is sponsored by Calm and by Feels. It's happening! And honestly, we're surprised it took this long, but good things take time. Yes. And uh, only the best for our former president. Mm -hmm. Why rush greatness? Yeah, exactly. This week, nine months after the U.S. Capitol insurrection spurred Twitter and pretty much every other mainstream social network to go ahead and finally ban Donald Trump from posting in the final days of his presidency, the long-rumored official Trump social media network finally was announced. It's called TRUTH, <laughs> all caps. Yeah. And unlike all your, your parlors and your getters and your gabs, this one actually has the full backing of the 45th president of the United States, except no substitutes. It was pretty obvious, given Trump's complete lack of interest in all of those other free speech, right-wing Twitter alternatives, that he had something up his sleeve. Oh, yeah. Sure. Trump, 4D test. Yeah, I mean, he, this has obviously been planned. No. So why would he join one of these other networks when he can build his own? Exactly. He is the selling point for any of these. Yep. Uh, now, sure, Trump regularly writes posts on his personal website that are essentially just tweets that he would have posted to Twitter. But it's just no substitute for the real thing. I need a feed. Yeah. Uh, though earlier this week, he did uh, come pretty close with this one here. Uh, and this is one of the best Trump bangers in a long yeah, time. Yeah, this is like his first true banger, like, post-Twitter. Like, the guy's still got it. And this is, like, ironically enough, we've had two of these statements now since posting the, uh, uh, the guy you know just said something, the worst guy you know just said something smart. Yeah. And this is another one of those. Yeah. Um, so, prepare yourself. Here we go. Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes. But anyway, may he rest in peace. But anyway. Yeah, but uh, whatever. I have to make a statement. Whatever. It's, oh, God. He's right. Yeah, like, exactly. Everyone's fawning over Colin Powell being this, uh, this hero when... No. He was a bad person. He for, is responsible for hundreds of thousands of directly responsible for directly responsible yeah. for not just the Iraq War uh, being fought on completely false pretenses, but also like a long career. Of this stuff. He was like one of the main guys involved in the cover up of one of the worst massacres of the Vietnam War. Mm. Um, yeah. So you gotta ha when Trump's right, he's right. You gotta hand it to him. I know. Yeah. And the you worst know, person you know just, just made, made a great point. Exactly. Heartbreaking. And uh, yeah. That was a great post on his on his blog. Good luck finding it, uh, because as we say every time, they're all you have to click. All of them are just labeled the same title, and you have yeah. to click on each one individually. And that's what I said and, for uh, up until this point, until Truth launches. That's what I said was the worst part about Trump losing his actual Twitter account was they should have put a hold on it to where it remained online, but he couldn't post further because yeah. the statements that this dude was firing off left, right, and center, should have stayed in a position where they could be documented with full accuracy yeah. and verification. Because that's the thing is like, every day there was something where you could be like, oh, this day in Trump history, he tweeted this absolute insanity. And it's like, yeah, it's one thing to read it on a news website or a blog where it's quoting it, but yeah. it's another thing to see his face and the verified thing yeah. knowing see it came... See it right there with the date and time. You're like, oh, he tweeted this at 4.30 in the morning. Cause Weird. The further we go along and the further detached from the Trump presidency we are, the less believable this is going to be. So having a full backup that is actually on the site, I know that they're like in the Library of Congress and stuff, but yeah. like easily accessible, verified stuff is, it should have been there for this reason. I agree. But anyway, in the press release Wednesday announcing truth, 
Truth. And uh, the new company, Trump Media and Technology Group, that uh, owns Truth. Uh, Trump is quoted saying, I created Truth Social and TMTG to stand up to the tyranny of big tech. We live in a world where the Taliban has a huge presence on Twitter, yet your favorite American president <laughs> has been silenced. This is unacceptable. I'm excited to send out my first Truth on Truth Social very soon. TMTG was founded with a mission to give a voice to all. I'm excited to soon begin sharing my thoughts on truth, social, and to fight back against big tech. Everyone asks me, why doesn't someone stand up to big tech? Well, we will be soon. And this is just incredible for so many reasons, starting with the fact that he, on purpose, named it truth, social. Truth. Like, the (laughs) most blatant propaganda stream ever. Where it's just like, oh, you're posting... And it literally calls them truths instead of tweets. Yeah. (laughs) Check out my truth. (laughs) Yes. This is my truth. It's like how... uh, You can't call them lies if they're truth. This is literally how contestants on The Bachelorette talk about themselves when they're lying. Yeah. They're like, well, that's my truth. That's my truth. It's... it's, Look, I love it. It's brilliant. Uh, So just be clear, truth isn't out just yet. You can sign up for the invite list and pre-order the app on the App Store, though there's conspicuously no mention of any plans for Android. Sorry. Uh, Going to the App Store page for Truth Social, we get a glimpse at what it looks like, and it's literally Twitter, at least in these screenshots. The UI is exactly the same, and the profiles and posts, they look exactly like they do on Twitter. But I I, I guess Twitter, but not Twitter, was always going to be the goal, and it's kind of what we asked for. (laughs) Uh, The app's description is also very vague, but it does let us know that on Truth, posts are, as we said, called truths. And you can share other people's truths by retruthing them. (laughs) Like I said, this is for conservative politicians and cast members of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. It's not a lie. It says right here, it's a truth. They're all truths. This is my truth, which means I'm lying. Let's see big, che- big tech try to fact check truth. But you can't. My truth is literally what people use when, you know how he said that Americans have a problem with admitting that they're wrong? Yeah. So let's, uh, it, it might not be an exact lie. Yeah. You call it a lie, but it's my truth. Exactly. It is, it is a yeah. half measure for admitting that you're wrong. Yeah. Well, it's just my truth. It's my truth. You understand. Mm-hmm. Your truth is different. <laughs> yeah. We all have our own truths. And also, because this is uh, such a legit operation here, uh, people immediately found a URL that allowed them to actually sign up yeah. right now, mm-hmm. despite Truth supposedly not launching until early next year. And they were able to go ahead and register usernames like Mike Pence and Donald J. Trump, and uh, of course, post the picture of a pig taking a shit on a huge ball sack. <laughs> it was so good. Thank you, Mr. President. Immediately posting a poop <laughs> on a ball sack image. And uh, yeah, looking at this web user interface, it's actually not super similar to Twitter. I guess those were just mock-ups. But what this is similar to is Mastodon, not the band. Great band. But the, uh, the open source social networking software that Truth apparently used instead of building their own thing from the ground up. Uh, Though it appears that they are also already in violation of the terms of use for Mastodon, which requires that the code for all Mastodon websites be publicly available. Mm. Uh, They're not doing that, so Mastodon is uh, threatening to sue. Uh, The site has now been pulled offline, but its terms of service are still up, and there's some interesting stuff in there as well. Uh, Here's the Washington Post. The site's terms of service, however, list some rules that would hamstring Trump himself. The site will ban, for instance, excessive use of capital letters, a hallmark of Trump's online screens. Though the site portrays itself as a refuge for free speech uncensored by big tech, Trump's site will ban any content that would disparage, 
tarnish or otherwise harm, in our opinion, us or the site. The term state. They also show that the site hopes to benefit from something on which Trump has long criticized big tech, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which protects companies from legal liability for the content their users post. Trump last year threatened to veto a massive and unrelated bill for military spending unless Congress repealed the long-standing law, which Trump said should be completely terminated. The company is quote not responsible for any third-party content posted on, available through, or installed from the site, including its content, accuracy, offensiveness, opinions, or reliability. The site's terms of service state. Trump has long blamed Section 230 as part of allegations that the tech companies are biased against conservatives, especially after his posts in which he sought to mislead the public about election fraud were flagged as misleading. The company said it also reserves the right to refuse, restrict access to, limit the availability of, or disable a user's access or contributions. Trump has vilified other tech companies for banning his accounts using that same right. And did we think this was going to go any other way? No. This is literally. Going to be rules for thee, not for Trump.、Yeah. Trump will be able to flout any of these rules, but if he sees Mike Pence get a little too aggro with the all caps key, ban. I I love the the idea of、Trump. Mike Pence is not going to be allowed on this, by the way. No, and, and nor would he want to. Yeah, but I I do love the idea of Trump just sitting at his computer,、uh, like just like a fucking overzealous Reddit mod, just like flagging posts, like nope, you ban. He banned. obviously needs something to do. He does. Yeah, but he's got his hands full. This is a whole a whole. Company he's got here—it's not just truth. How, I know he's got big ambitions. And when you think about that, how many、uh, potentially tax loopholes are we talking about that are going to get run through this thing? Okay, so first <laughs> off, something I noticed, which might maybe nothing, but、uh, so this、uh, Trump Media Company is formed as basically a merger with an existing tech company. Okay. That. Trump bought, I guess,、mm-hmm. which is that company is already publicly traded on Nasdaq, and、okay. so you know after the announcement this morning, the stock price it like tripled or something like that.、Mm-hmm. So it's like, how you know how many people knew this was coming and、uh, got in when the when the price was low, so they could immediately、yeah. triple their money.、Uh, you know, it's illegal technically, but well, also I mean there are. I think just in the past couple of weeks, I've seen at least two or three Trump organizations that are currently facing、uh, possible regulatory fines or IRS audits. So、yeah. it's like, by creating this, are you just casting those off and starting something new? Or like, I, I don't know. He obviously has、uh, better accountants than I could even think about. So hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right about that too. He does sometimes fuck up. He he doesn't always hire the best people. No. Anyway, the the new Trump Media and Technology Group company they have a、uh, company overview slideshow on their website with some more interesting stuff in it.、Uh, on one slide, they emphasize that they're taking a big tent, all are welcome approach meant to appeal to users regardless of their political affiliations.、Uh, but then, just a few slides later, they talk about galvanizing a conservative media universe with the logos for all the big conservative media brands. So.、Uh, A little bit of dissonance there.、Yeah. What's even more interesting, though, are、uh, TMTG's plans for the future beyond just Truth Social. They're planning to take on Netflix with TMTG Plus and CNN with TMTG News,、mm. and eventually they even want to get into cloud storage, web hosting, and payments processing.、Uh, apparently, how hard could that be? I know where I feel most secure hosting all of my documents and financials. Yeah, on TMTG. TMTG. Yeah. 
Uh, they don't provide any real detail on those future plans, but uh, that doesn't matter. Get the investment money. Yeah. These are ideas we have. These That's what ideas. you're investing in. Uh, here's what the press release says uh, anyway. Additionally, TMTG intends to launch a subscription video on demand service, TMTG Plus. TMTG Plus will feature non-woke entertainment <laughs> programming, news, podcasts, and more. TMTG has named Scott St. John as the leader of TMTG Plus corporate operations. Scott St. John is the executive producer of Deal or No Deal and America's Got Talent and has produced over a thousand hours of network and cable TV. Deal so. or no deal. Trump loves his deals. This is the, the art bigger, of the deal or yeah. no deal. Yeah. That's He walked in and uh, and he said, hey, Trump, deal or no deal. And he was like, oh, my God, you found my weakness. A man after my own heart. And, it had, and he probably brought a beautiful woman with a suitcase. Yeah. And he opened it up and he was like, the investment money. That's what we're going to get when we launch this bad boy. If this Scott St. John guy, because like obviously Trump's never going to be able to host The Apprentice again. Yeah. But he could always host some new uh, game show. Yeah. About deal making. The intern. Uh, if we get even one new Trump reality show out of this, yeah. that'll be, everything will be worth it. Uh, what I think, maybe I'm not giving Trump the benefit of the doubt here, or maybe I am, is that uh, they understand that big, ten, big tech has a lot of inflated valuations that never come to fruition, and that they can bilk millions upon millions of investor dollars yeah. on promises that will never be fulfilled. And you know what? Good for them. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if this is the grift, if, then fine. if anyone's still falling for this shit, like, like you would point. imagine that the Koch brothers would be all over this if it were a legitimate pitch. I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. Could be. They are. Looks like they're soliciting investment right now. So there you go. So I guess we'll see. But uh, are you a bad enough dude to invest in this? I mean, it's a better investment than a lot of uh, crypto stuff that we'll talk about later in the episode. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is all very exciting news. We cannot wait to see where this all goes. Very ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, every attempt at a Twitter alternative for Trump fans hasn't gone particularly great. And there's already so many of them that adding one more will just make the conservative social media ecosystem even more fragmented and uh, redundant. Um, but as for those plans for later on, sounds like a whole lot of work. I mean, a lot more work than simply setting up a custom Mastodon instance. you got to yeah. build out streaming apps. you got to build out a, a television studio. Uh, I mean, how hard could it be to compete with Amazon Web Services and uh, PayPal and Google Drive? I mean, how hard it, could it be? When it comes to like the actual like boots on the ground building a production studio, it's like that's just money. You just throw money at it, and yeah, that can happen. But you got to throw a lot of money at it, and it's like that's where the investment dollars yeah. come from. <laughs> Those are the kind of things that take years. And to everybody's earn back getting paid. That money exchanges every hand in that organization. Yeah. So I'm I. Look, I'm very curious about this. And to the to the end of, uh, is this just going to be one in a vast array of social media websites for conservatives? I don't think so. I think that because this is the Trump brand, uh, it will have, in, like, inherently it'll have a bunch of users who are Trump fanatics and mm-hmm. want to see all that. But it'll also be the one place that every news organization, uh, it, at least in America, is going to have to source when they have something that Trump is saying. True. Like, Trump posted on Truth Social today this, and it's going to have its fucking logo, and people are going to be, what the hell is that? And it's going to have free marketing. So in yeah. that instance, that it is, is kind true. of brilliant. That is true. Yeah. Anyway, there's certainly a big and dedicated audience for all of this, but whether it's big enough and dedicated enough remains to be seen. Also, meanwhile, Trump is still suing to get his Twitter account back, which 
sends some mixed signals about how much his heart <laughs> is really into making his own Twitter competitor. He would dump truth in a second yeah, if he got his Twitter. That's back. the funniest thing. Like if he gets this thing up and running and they give him his Twitter account back, he is not going to be posting on truth anymore. Like the post will stop immediately. Yep. I kind of hope they do that. That would, it be, would be really funny. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we shall see. But very exciting. We've been waiting almost a year for this news, and it's finally here. All of the success of any of these ventures is completely predicated on Trump living another 10 years, by the way. And not not like wishing any bad ill on him. He's, I mean, he's just forever, old. though. Yes. The man's unstoppable. Like, no one that age can eat McDonald's twice a day and, like, still get up on their feet and walk. But yeah. he's, he's as strong as a bull. It's like how they did those tests on, like, Ozzy Osbourne and Mick Jagger. They needed yeah. to test on Trump to be like, how is this possible? Yeah. Well, they, the, they, This man defies science. They did do tests on him while he was president, and they found that he was a uh, slender, athletic yeah. uh, young man. 175 pounds. <laughs> it wasn't it was that more, It was more than that, but yeah. it was like... But it, it was, was still hysterically low for what you like assume. an impossible amount of weight, unless he's literally hollow. He could fit... Two of he could fit two 230 pound men inside of him. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But uh, speaking of Trump's social media rivals, Facebook isn't doing so great lately, no. and we're very happy that it keeps popping up in the news because it's all been negative. Yeah. Uh, by lately, we do mean the past five years or so, but specifically the last month, they've really been getting it, yeah. and it actually seems to be pissing people off at the top there. Yeah. Uh, Business wise. They're doing fine, thanks to their global reach and their ownership of Instagram and WhatsApp. But the company's reputation, especially here in the U.S., has probably never been lower, thanks to an endless series of scandals, large and small, that kicked off around the 2016 election, and they just haven't slowed down since. But they're finally going to do something about how toxic their brand has become. And no, they're not going to try being less evil. That's that's stupid. They're just going to change their name. Oh, baby. So, as for what the name will be, nobody knows yet. But it could come as early as next week. It was going to be Truth Social. Damn it. Go on! He beat us! (laughs) Uh, But it also, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a rebrand of the Facebook social media platform, but rather Facebook, the parent company. So, it'll be similar to how Google changed its name to Alphabet a few years ago. But there's still Google. Nobody calls them Alphabet. Unless you're investing. Yeah, unless you're investing. That's the only way. Uh, But yeah, this news comes via an article in The Verge this week that mostly focuses on Facebook's efforts to basically become the Ready Player One-style metaverse internet of the future, which they've been working towards ever since they acquired Oculus in 2014. So uh, let's read from there. Facebook is planning to change its company name next week to reflect its focus on building the metaverse, according to a source with direct knowledge of the matter. The coming name change, which CEO Mark Zuckerberg plans to talk about at the company's annual Connect conference on October 28th, but could unveil sooner, is meant to signal the tech giant's ambition to be known for more than social media and all the ills that entail. The rebrand would likely position the blue Facebook app as one of many products under a parent company overseeing groups like Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, and more. A spokesperson for Facebook declined to comment for the story. Facebook already has more than 10,000 employees building consumer hardware like AR glasses that Zuckerberg believes will eventually be as ubiquitous as smartphones. In July, he told The Verge that over the next several years, we will effectively transition from people seeing us as primarily being a social media company to being a metaverse company. I don't want to belong to this metaverse. No, it sucks because metaverse is like it, the it, idea no, it sounds is, great. Oh, but it's Facebook. It is no. so unfortunate that Oculus is tied to Facebook, and that Oculus was created by Palmer Lucky. Yeah, he sucks too. I just <laughs> wish there was like an actual like Oculus is kind of a good industry. Their standard. hardware is fantastic. The fact that they're wireless and can still produce a decent yeah. uh, setup is pretty insane. Yeah, and they've got the branding and the games. It's just. Unfortunate 
that it is tied directly to Facebook, as seen last month with the outage, or a couple weeks ago with the outage, where you couldn't play games on your Oculus because Facebook was down. Yeah. And I guess we'll see next week what Facebook's new name is and what their metaverse goals look like. If you have any Facebook name suggestions, leave them down below. Please. Uh, but we've seen glimpses of Facebook's metaverse before, uh, like when Zuckerberg did a completely tone-deaf VR tour of Puerto Rico right after it got just ravaged by a massive hurricane. Didn't go over so well. Mm. Um, the man does not have his finger on the pulse of uh, your everyday user, I don't think. Mm. But uh, anyway, the Verge article ends with this pretty great paragraph. Complicating matters is that while Facebook has been heavily promoting the idea of the metaverse in recent weeks, it's still not a concept that's widely understood. The term was coined originally by sci-fi novelist Neil Stevenson to describe a virtual world people escape to from a dystopian real world. Now it's being adopted by one of the world's largest and most controversial companies, and it'll have to explain why its own virtual world is worth diving into. Because we ruined the real world. Yeah, the real world sucks, just like in the cyberpunk books from the 80s and 90s. We did that. We did it. By the way. Yeah. So now use this other thing that we also did, where it's uh, you can put NFTs on your wall. Yeah, just ignore the parts of the cyberpunk genre where like every big corporation is like extremely evil. Mm-hmm. Ignore that. It's just like those cyberpunk novels, except this time... You can trust us. You can trust Facebook, or whatever we're called. Yes. Bookface. Yeah, I think one of the... They said it's possibly, like, Horizon. It's like the... Hori- It'll be something basic like yeah, that. Yeah, Horizon is, like, the beta name of their metaverse. Mm-hmm. So it'll be something like that. Sunshine. Smile. Yeah. It's, it, like, something very positive. It'll probably be something <laughs> basic that is, like, a universally known term for yeah. happiness. Yeah. It'll be that dystopian. hmm Yeah. But moving on now to a story about the dangers of powerful politicians not understanding a damn thing about technology. Over in Missouri, their governor, Mike Parson, has threatened to prosecute a local journalist who he has accused of hacking into a government website to view the social security numbers of state employees. Oh, my God. And that is a pretty serious crime. Wow. But that's absolutely not what Josh Renown of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch did. What he actually did was go on a publicly available government registry of Missouri public school teachers and do an elite hacking trick. I'm in. I'm breaking down the gates. Uh, he actually just right-clicked and clicked view source. Oh, my God. How the fuck did he do that? Well, you know, when it pops up, on when, when politicians accidentally click it and it pops up, they're like, oh, God, what have I done? They're going to know I'm inside the website. Yeah. Uh, you don't even have to right-click and view source. You can just press, uh, what is it, F11? You get, that's, that's the most elite way to do this hacking trick. The one thing that MySpace did right was it taught an entire generation about HTML. So yeah. normally people wouldn't be scared of this, mm-hmm. but politicians that are aging are like, what? Huh? This it's isn't like, a language I can't I could read. It's like every website has a secret website hidden in the background of it. it they call it the dark web. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, when this journalist right-clicked and hit view source, which is a very common thing, uh, he actually found uh, exposed social security numbers of teachers and other people listed on the website. Yeah, all their metadata was just contained in the HTML, like their private information. So if you want to say that he was hacking, technically he did a little white hat hacking by exposing, he he exposed that this was happening so they could shut it down. Yeah, it's standard bug catching. Yes, (laughs) really base level bug catching too. Uh, Putting that kind of information right in the HTML source code of a website is a big no-no. So Josh Arnaud reported the bug to the government so that they could fix it before he published the article. Hey, heads up, people's social security numbers are just in the <laughs> yeah. source code of this website. Source code, you say? Oh. You're selling them on the dark web? Sounds like hacking. Yeah. So yeah, sounds like this guy did the government a, a huge favor out of the <laughs> kindness of his heart. Mm-hmm. But here's what Governor Mike Parson said about it on Twitter. 
Through a multi-step process, an individual took the records of at least three educators, decoded the HTML source code, and viewed the social security numbers of those specific educators. We notified the Cole County Prosecutor and the Highway Patrol's Digital Forensic Unit <laughs> will investigate. This matter is serious. The state is committing to bring to justice anyone who hacked our system and anyone who aided or encouraged them to do so, in accordance with what Missouri law allows and requires. A hacker is someone who gains unauthorized access to information or content. This individual did not have permission to do what they did. They had no authorization to convert and decode the code. Under Missouri law, a person commits the offense of tampering with computer data if he or she knowingly and without authorization accesses, takes, and examines personal information without permission. This data was not freely available and had to be converted and decoded. We will not rest until we clearly understand the intentions of this individual and why they were targeting Missouri teachers. Well, look, I got to agree with him. It was a multi, multi-step multi process. He had to open the browser. He had to type in the web address. He had to pull his mouse over to the website, and then he had to right-click, and then he had to click View Source, and then he had to look at the source and realize that there were Social Security numbers in it. Hacker man. And he... Look, there's a lot of numbers and letters in that source. I don't know where he, how he found those social security numbers, uh, because there's just so many little. It looks like the Matrix in there. How did he find him? This guy must be elite. He probably put on his VR headset and went strolling through the digital pipeline. Damn metaverse! We need to ban the metaverse. This man actually surfed the internet. He needs to be under arrest. So yeah, hopefully this journalist who did absolutely nothing wrong and actually did something right by alerting the proper authorities. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that journalist doesn't have his life fucking ruined because this boomer governor doesn't understand even the most basic concepts of how websites work. Thankfully, his newspaper has his back on this with their attorney saying in a statement, the reporter did the responsible thing by reporting his findings to the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education so that the state could act to prevent disclosure and misuse. A hacker is someone who subverts computer security with malicious or criminal intent. Here, there was no breach of any firewall or security and certainly no malicious intent. For DESE to deflect its failures by referring to this as hacking is unfounded. Thankfully, these failures were discovered. God damn it. Thank you, lawyer man. Lawyer man. <laughs> lawyer man, coming in to save hacker man. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you, lawyer man. <laughs> anyway, he, he actually is dressed like Superman, but goes into a phone booth and turns into puts a- Puts on a suit. He puts on a suit and glasses. Yeah. Lawyer man. Objection. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've got more news for you coming up, including lots of dumb cryptocurrency and NFT news. Mm. My favorite kind of news. But mm. first, a message from this episode's sponsors, starting with Calm. For this ad break, we want you to take a break. Unclench your jaw, relax your shoulders, and take a deep breath. Sometimes we all need a reminder to take a little time for ourselves, and Calm can help. Calm is the number one mental wellness app, which gives you the tools that improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. And if you go to calm.com slash tech, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming, and new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. For our viewers, that's you. Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash tech. That is C-A-L-M dot com slash tech for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That is calm, C-A-L-M dot com slash tech. Ah. And if you want to get even more calm, mm-hmm. this episode is sponsored by Feels. 
CBD isn't about what you feel, it's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness. If you experience any of these things, Feels CBD is a safe and natural solution without any harmful side effects. Feels is a better way to feel better. Feels is premium CBD that will help keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free, it's delivered directly to your door. CBD, it naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover or addiction. We both use Feels for back pain, for getting a good night's sleep, and so on. It's helped a ton. You just place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Or check out Feels' new mints if you want the added bonus of fresh breath. Mm -hmm. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important and everyone's dose is different. So Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find your perfect dose. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com newsday and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That is F-E-A-L-S dot com newsday to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com newsday. All right, now for that dumb crypto news. My favorite. Let's go. How are you going to make me feel bad today? Oh, baby. So first off, yet another crypto scam of the rug pull variety in which someone tricks a bunch of rubes into giving them money and then just immediately vanishes. And this one was actually pretty elaborate. Uh, here's Vice. For the last week, a handful of UK-based celebrities have been talking about a new startup called Crypto Eats that would compete against Uber Eats by allowing customers to pay for food delivery in cryptocurrency. The creators mocked up a logo, got TikTok influencers to promote it, and one to wear its swag on a video, apparently through a party, and announced the Eats token through a press release that went out over a service used often by legitimate companies. Almost immediately after its launch, Crypto Eats vanished from the internet along with a few hundred thousand dollars in one of the more elaborate shitcoin rug pulls in recent memory. Crypto Eats was promoted very convincingly as a direct competitor to services like Uber Eats, and they claim to have directly partnered with A, Nando's, and McDonald's, the two banter locations. Yeah. Uh, they also have already hired an army of delivery drivers. Or they claim to have, yeah. at least. <laughs> Their website promised features like being able to order individual items from multiple restaurants that would all be picked up and delivered by one driver. Sounds chaotic. <laughs> and uh, coffee delivery in five minutes or less at the push of a button. Wow. Which isn't true. You, you can literally go to the coffee shop and still wait more than five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, obviously, all bullshit. And Crypto Eats' founder, Wade Phillips, isn't a real person. They did walk away with half a million dollars, though, literally just minutes after launching the token. And they also immediately deleted their website and all their social media profiles. They even deleted their email address. The YouTube channel Scarcity Studios, uh, they posted a really great play-by-play -play of how this scam went down, including tons of footage of all the various influencers who promoted Crypto Eats and wore Crypto Eats swag. But uh, here's Vice summing it up again. The coin is launching on the 17th of October. All I'm saying is use your brains. They've got more money than they know what to do with. Personal trader, TikToker, HS Tiki Talky said to his 387,000 followers. And if you've got more money than you know what to do with and you're launching something that's better than other things, it will do well. Okay. In a week's time, in a month's time, in two months' time, that business could be the biggest delivery food app in the UK. And it hasn't been listed yet, HS Tiki Talky said. Promoter Bouncer and DJ Charlie Sloth, who has a million followers on Instagram, promoted the company and its app, according to videos archived by Scarcity Studios. 
The fake company also hired people to wear hats, shirts, and carry bags branded with Crypto Eats in videos published to social media, and apparently threw a party with Crypto Eats branded bikes in London this weekend, according to Bouncer, who claimed he didn't know anything about the scam. Quote, Oh my God, Crypto Eats coin turned out to be a big scam, Bouncer posted on his Instagram story Monday. They paid me to make a promo vid for their food app and not coin. Got invited to their event. They had all the delivery bikes outside. This is disgusting behavior that people are really scamming others for their hard-earned money. I cannot believe Trump hasn't gotten in on crypto and NFTs. I feel like he's too old. He's actually like rightfully suspicious of it because he's worked in like... He's a, he's a deals guy. He's worked with paper money, real money, yeah. this whole time. So the, uh, he's probably a little scared by the idea of crypto. But I, I, so many people in his orbit have to be like really big into it. So yeah, well maybe a, a like Trump selling like a virtual Trump yard sign or something. Yeah, like, like a Trump token, some Trump NFTs. The, the the big naked Trump, like really just embrace the meme and the yeah. golden naked Trump. Yeah. So he he could make so much money off NFTs. Maybe it's part of the media group. We don't know. We haven't seen yet. Yeah, they, I mean, it sounds like a big operation, multifaceted. So and if Facebook is getting into the metaverse business, then all of these Trump weirdos that are still on Facebook are going to want Trump posters to hang on their metaverse walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And their little uh, their giant flagpoles have to have at least four or five flags their, on their it. Their bungalows. Yeah. <laughs> in other crypto news, here's some NFT news for you. NFTs have been in the limelight for less than a year, and now there's already essentially NFT pawn shops where you can mortgage your JPEGs. Uh, In other words, NFT users can take out loans using their NFTs as collateral. If they don't pay back the loan in time, they lose their precious NFT. And apparently business is booming. Uh, Here's Coindesk talking about NFT5 a few weeks back. Borrowers could expect to get a loan amount of approximately 50% of the value of the NFT with annualized interest rates typically ranging from 20% to 80%, oof, Mm. depending on the desirability of the NFT. Lenders determine what they think is the fair value of the collateral, usually by looking at its recent sales history or the floor price of similar assets. The floor price is the lowest offer price at which an NFT from a particular series can be bought. Once the terms are agreed by both parties, the NFT is transferred from the borrower's wallet and into an escrow account and a smart contract facilitates the loan. The lender is entitled to get back the underlying NFT if the borrower fails to return the loan and interest at the end of the term. The company has done over $12 million in volume since launching in June 2020, said founder Stephen Young. The average loan size is $26,000 for the month, but the platform has already facilitated loans as high as $200,000. Default rates hover just below 20% and vary depending on the NFT. Yeah, I would imagine this is like if you want to pull the ripcord on your NFTs and just get out with whatever, this is the easy way to do it. I guess, but like, you, I mean, they're only going to give you 50% of what the value is. But that's what I'm saying is it could drop even lower than that. Then why wouldn't you just sell it? I guess you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Because this is guaranteed. Selling, you have to wait and hope someone buys it. I guess. Uh, um, but the, 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 the very idea of this is great because it's literally just taking something that exists in the physical world a pawn shop yeah. and digitizing it. Uh-huh. So it's it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. And uh, who would have guessed that so many of people getting into NFTs are spending money? Wait, I need that money back. Spending money that they don't have. <laughs> oh, Hold on. Shit. <laughs> uh, but that last part there is wild. Just under 20% of people who mortgage their NFTs default on their loans and lose their NFTs, which they only got around 50% of the value uh, of in the loan. And that's pretty bleak, but that's crypto. And like I said, like if it... If nothing else, like it, just like at a real pawn shop, the, going through the trouble of selling it and hoping it sells, getting 50% of the value and being able to leave with cash in your hand, 
might actually be preferable for a lot of people. You're still taking a huge loss. And well, like, yeah, but with pawn shops, it's generally people pawning stuff they've had for a while. They're not pawning stuff they just bought in the last exactly, year. Exactly, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. the case for literally every NFT going through these this NetFi or NFTFi thing was bought in the last couple months. Like, yeah. but because that's the <laughs> they've only been around that long. So they're going to have the largest collection of NFTs ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, news website The Block Crypto published an actual example of how this went down for one user who not only defaulted and lost their NFT, but also did so at the worst possible time. This is the inverse of what I'm talking about yeah. here. Uh, that value of the NFT that we're talking about was just skyrocketing. Yeah, so, so they got less, they got 50% of like less than 50%, basically. That's why you got to have diamond hands, baby. Yeah. 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 Should have hodled. Uh, here's the article. Around three months ago, an NFT collector borrowed 3.5 Ethereum, currently worth $12,600, on the NFT5 platform. To make the loan, they put up an elevated deconstructions NFT, part of the Art Blocks curated set, which were selling for about 11 Ethereum, 39600 at the time. Although the last sale price for that NFT was 3.25 Ethereum, $11,700, which was below the value of the loan. Over that time span, the value of these NFTs shot up. This was largely triggered by endorsements from Punk6529, a Twitter account run by the owner of that CryptoPunk, and Cosimo de Medici, a pseudonymous art collector. Not before long, they were selling for 85 to 200 Ethereum, $306,000 to $720,000. Yesterday, the 3.5 Ethereum loan ended and the borrower had not repaid the loan during those three months. As a result, the collateral was passed to the lender who ended up losing their 3.5 Ethereum, but gaining the elevated deconstructions NFT. The current floor price, the cheapest available NFT on the market in this collection is 95 Ethereum or $342,000. In theory, this puts the lender up about $329,000. Although despite the high floor price, this doesn't necessarily mean the lender can sell the NFT for this much. In fact, there hasn't been a sale of an elevated deconstructions NFT for 18 days. As a result, it's possible that the borrower chose to forego on the loan to get some immediate liquidity. This is unlikely, however, because they could have dropped the NFT price significantly and likely still sold for more than 3.5 Ethereum. There's a lot to go through on this. It's just like, is there a benefit in the, the, the this company like boosting the value of things after they get them somehow like also you can tell this person was highly over leveraged because if they're taking this and then they see you can see that the price is skyrocketing on this so like you've paid so much for it already like if you weren't so over leveraged you could find a way yeah. whether like through a very quick loan or whatever sell your other NFTs and then and then sell it again yeah. but then you're really like backing yourself into a corner if it crashes again I just I just love I love this so much. People are people are spending money they don't have, and they're the the shadow, the mirror economy of the crypto world is is developing. Like we perfectly. are act, like this is some cyberpunk shit. Like it this is, is all, <laughs> this is all happening in a separate reality while our reality is happening. Yeah, there is a separate separate not to use the term virtual reality because we all think of like you know the glasses on our face, but the, there is a coinciding reality that we all live in that is completely reliant on tech. Yeah, and, and none of it exists in real life. Yeah, I mean, like the, the, the this uh, this platform, this pawn shop, this NFT pawn shop. The fact that it works like this on the blockchain is actually I'm more impressed by that yeah. than by like this the NFTs that they're uh, confiscating from from the people they're lending to. Because I'm like, that's pretty cool the way that works. Yeah. just like all on the blockchain. Yeah, huh. interesting. It's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it's one of those. 
it's kind of blowing my mind that this all exists. It's like, we say it all the time, but like explaining this to someone even five years ago. Like, I mean, it's explaining it to most people now. Yeah, it's be like, gibberish. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, Do you own, so you own the JPEG? Where is yes, it? Yes, I own it. <laughs> okay, how? Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's tied to me through a token Actually, identification. Actually, right now, it's, it's down at the digital pawn shop. What? Where right. is that? Well, I got five uh, grand for it. Uh, it's on the blockchain. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, so the best so. they had to bring in an NFT expert to properly value it. <laughs> There's gonna be fucking <laughs> NFT pawn stars. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, jump on it now. Fund it yeah. now. NFT pawn stars. Yeah. Anyways, basically, not only did that person walk away with just half the value of their NFT at the time they put it up as collateral, the NFT was also significantly more valuable uh, by the time the loan term was over. So they lost even more money technically on the deal. It was a bad deal, but it's a bad deal. Look. If this person needed to pay like their rent or something, it's not a bad deal. Yeah. They got to keep their apartment they, or their they house. They just should have never bought the NFT in the first place if uh, if that was an issue. Welcome to America. Yeah, I guess. Uh, oh, uh, and uh, according to the loan records, this specific NFT was put up as collateral once before, just a few months ago. <laughs> and that borrower defaulted on their loan as well. So this thing is cursed. This is, yeah. <laughs> if you're wondering what this NFT is supposedly worth at least $340,000 looks like, can we show it? Yeah. There we go. Wow. How did he do that without owning it? Uh, we, uh, Internet Today bought the NFT to show it. Yeah. yeah. It's ours now. I'd mm-hmm. like to put it up for collateral. Uh, please, can you give us some money back? We kind of made a mistake here. Yeah. We, we just bought it for the episode. Yeah. I didn't know I could right-click. We didn't really do that. There's an elite hacking move. But yeah, as you can see, it's a circle with a bunch of lines and random lines and shapes in the middle of it. Uh, there are 200 of these in the collection, and they're all basically the same. People are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for these things. Yeah, this is... Like, at least with the Lazy Lions, like, it's, this, it's something. Like, this is the laziest fucking NFT project I've seen. Like, this is just a couple assets that are literally just basic geometric shapes and lines, and they're just, you know, they just click the random button. I do love the progression that you've taken just in the past few weeks of, like, uh, at least when it was the original NFTs, they actually looked like art. And now it's like, at least with the Lazy Lions, <laughs> it was something that resembled something else. Yeah, my, uh, my <laughs> ex... But within two weeks, you're going to be like, I miss the geometric shapes. Yeah, at least those were shapes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my expectations for the NFT game just lower and lower. The bar just cannot go any lower, but then it does. Yeah. So yeah, uh, in other NFT news, the founder of the secure messaging app Signal has gotten into the NFT game himself with a little interesting twist on the whole concept that is seemingly meant to focus on one of NFT's biggest flaws. Uh, the fact that what you get when you buy an NFT isn't the file itself, but rather a digital token with a link to where the image is stored online. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's The Verge explaining. Secure messaging app Signal's founder, Moxie Marlinspike, great name, yeah. is doing a bit of trolling by releasing an NFT that shows up differently depending on what platform you're looking at it on. And that will, allegedly, display as a poop emoji in your wallet <laughs> if you actually buy it. Uh, he seems to be doing this to point out the potential fragility of NFTs, which are supposed to act as some sort of permanent record of owning a piece of art or media. They're unique digital tokens that are stored on the blockchain, but in most cases, it's actually just the record that lives on the chain. The image is stored elsewhere. That means that people shelling out hundreds of thousands of dollars for them could be at the mercy of image hosts who are operating independently from the blockchain. Yeah, so basically, he set up the source image so that it displays differently depending on the IP address of who's looking at it. So it knows if the image is being viewed on OpenSea or Rarible, it'll appear like this. And these two are different. But apparently once it's in your wallet, it displays as just a poop emoji. Mm. Um, So 
Yeah, the description on uh, OpenSea and Rarible says, you may own, question mark, the result of this function, but I own the function. Yeah, he's also apparently got four more NFTs in this collection that all currently just display as three little dots, but which he could easily just swap out with something else whenever he decides to. Those three dots, they represent Swedish house mafia. Yeah. So there you go. They're well, back. Welcome back. <laughs> um, Moxie Marlin Spike has a long history of trolling, and this NFT thing is just the latest example. One of his previous attempts at similar trolling happened a few months ago when Signal tried a very clever approach to advertising on Instagram. Here's an example, but they all follow this basic format. You got this ad because you're a newlywed Pilates instructor and you're cartoon crazy. This ad used your location to see that you're in La Jolla. You're into parenting blogs and thinking about LGBTQ adoption. Basically, Signal advertised its secure encrypted messaging platform on Instagram by pointing out just how much data about its users Instagram has and uses for its targeted advertising system, which is brilliant. Yeah. Hot moms and your zip code right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know that you're into hot moms. Mm -hmm. We figured it out. But uh, Facebook, they, of course, did not like these ads, and they quickly banned them. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, here's Signal's blog post about it. We created a multivariate targeted ad designed to show you the personal data that Facebook collects about you and sells access to. The ad would simply display some of the information collected about the viewer which the advertising platform uses. Facebook was not into that idea. Facebook is more than willing to sell visibility into people's lives unless it's to tell people about how their data is being used. Being transparent about how ads use people's data is apparently enough to get banned. In Facebook's world, the only acceptable usage is to hide what you're doing from your audience. And it's brilliant because, like, every, they, I mean, presumably they're taking out, like, custom individual ads for each like hyper specific. Yeah, because yeah, like the, if you haven't seen like the back end, like you can get so fucking specific with the advertising. There was a, on there. a thing a couple of years back where you could look at your highest tags for Google, like what Google would be serving you based on like tags that rose to the top, like your most accurate things yeah. that you're constantly looking I at. I think I think these companies are now required, at least in California, they're required to disclose it, but they don't make it easy to find. Yeah, like you got to go through a bunch of menus and like download your entire like data about it. But yeah, yeah, you can find your advertising tags and it's very interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, with Instagram especially, like it's fucking creepy how like specific and kind of accurate a lot of their advertising Well, because they even know like if you're scrolling through and then stop to watch a video or whatever. It's like yeah. that, they obviously know that you're interested in that video because you watched the, either the whole thing or a certain amount yeah. of it. And they have machine learning looking at every post, like recognizing what's in the post. It's like if you scroll on Instagram for like 15 or 20 photos and then refresh, it's completely different. Yep. Like you, it, and I've gotten lost on something. I'll see like a, a an artist will post something and I'll have like skipped by and I'm like, oh, I want to go back and check that out and I can't find it. Yeah. So, yeah. There so, you go. Yeah. Get your poop emojis. Everyone get your poop emojis. Enjoy. Yeah. Hope, hope you enjoy all of your NFTs. Uh, anyways, that's what that's it for this week's episode of Tech News Day. Stay tuned for News Dump and Weekly Weird News. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button because we said that last time and people actually did it. So there were people watching that weren't subscribed. They're sick maniacs who have to go and type in the actual channel name every day to look for new videos. Hit that button. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you haven't yet, check out our most recent videos over here. Check those out and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.